mystery. The word, as defined by Webster's means, any religious doctrine or body of doctrines that seems above human comprehension. A definition that perfectly fits the ephemeral enigma we present next. This is Michael Augustine. Clear your mind and sharpen your skills of perception. The Crusade Channel Theatre presents A Killer Mystery The Innocent Dreamer This week's Five Minute Mystery Jeff had been haunted by the same terrifying dream for weeks. He had never been a man given to dreaming, or at least to remembering his dreams. And to his knowledge, he had never struggled with a recurring nightmare before. But this was a nightmare so frightening that he would find himself staying up late simply to avoid the possibility that he would doze off to sleep and fall into that hideous dream world. It always began the same way. He would be lying in the dark and he would hear his lovely young wife's voice calling his name. He would try to answer but he could never get the words out. Every single time he would feel his throat tightening and be quite unable to speak. In this dream, he always saw Anita wearing a beautiful red dress he'd bought her on holiday, which she'd not worn for years, but the colours were so vivid he could almost have reached out and touched her. Then she would begin whimpering with fear, and he would hear those words, the same words every single time. Don't hurt me, darling. Please don't hurt me. I don't want to die. Then he would see her lying lifelessly before him and knew it was his fault. For reasons that made no sense to him, even in the bizarre world of nightmares, he knew she was dead and that it was his fault. He would wake up screaming her name and he would see her lying next to him in bed, jolted awake by the shock of his shouting, very much alive. Then there would be Anita's reassurances, and eventually he would doze off back to sleep in her arms. After three weeks of disturbed sleep, Anita's patience was beginning to wear thin, and she had gently suggested to Jeff that he really ought to seek medical help. It was so unlike him. He normally slept peacefully. You know what I'm going to say, don't you, mate? his best friend Harry said when they discussed the problem over a pint at the local pub. Ever heard the words guilty conscience? Don't be ridiculous, snapped Jeff. Just because I don't love her any more, it doesn't mean I wish her any harm. I'd never hurt a hair on her head. Perhaps part of you wishes she were gone, suggested Harry. It's no good looking like that, mate. You're in love with someone else. I will tell her about Rachel, I swear. But I really don't want to hurt her. And I can't think of a way to tell her that's not going to break her heart. There is no way, said Harry helpfully. But if you're not going to leave Rachel, you'd be better off being honest with Anita about what you're up to. It was easy enough to say that, but Harry wasn't the one committing adultery. Rachel was a beauty, just like Anita, but with a more outgoing personality and they had bonded almost immediately when they'd met at an office party. He knew he could not go on like this. He had to come clean with Anita. But that night he had the dream again, 
Anita in a red dress pleading with him not to hurt her, and he woke up screaming again, but this time he was not greeted by Anita jolting awake. As he calmed down, Jeff became aware of the unmistakable stench of blood. He scrambled to switch on the bedside light and let out a cry of panic. There beside him on the bed, in that red dress she had not worn for years, lay Anita, though she was in such a terrible state that even he could not have been sure at a glance that it was definitely her. She had been bludgeoned to death, her face bloodied and battered with such violence that her pillow and bedclothes were soaked in her blood. Dropped by the side of his bed was the statuette of Aristotle that Jeff always kept on his bedside table. It too was covered in blood, and Jeff knew instinctively that his fingerprints would be all over it. I strongly advise you to plead guilty, said Jeff's defence counsel, after Jeff's inevitable arrest for the murder of his wife. The victim was found battered to death right next to you, Samples of her blood were found all over your clothing and hands, and your fingerprints were all over the murder weapon, her body, and the crime scene. I can't remember doing it is not a defence that will cut any ice with the jury. Jeff knew it was no defence. Even he didn't believe in his own innocence. It went against his every instinct to harm a woman in any way, let alone to do something this brutal but even he had to admit that he must have done it. Somehow or other, in his dream state, he must have killed her. Worse still, he was facing another charge, the abduction of his lover, Rachel, because she had completely disappeared the night of the murder. He was warned that if Rachel were not discovered alive and well, he might well find himself facing a second murder charge, as it would be believed that he had done away with the two women in his life, perhaps on the same night. I'm going to have you sent for psychiatric assessment, Jeff could hear his defence lawyer telling him matter-of-factly from the other side of the desk. His every instinct told him he had done nothing wrong. But how could he possibly be innocent? Listener, are you intrigued, terrified, puzzled? Perhaps you believe you can solve the mystery. Well then, compose your deductive thoughts, solution, or who done it, and how, including the name and number of this episode, and mail them to mystery at crusadechannel.com. The Five Minute Mystery Theater returns with another enigma next week. You can listen to previous recordings at crusadechannel.com forward slash mystery. Until then, this is Michael Augustine reminding you that the spirit world is still a world.